0: The Aussie and Kiwi dollars reach a two-year high overnight as the U.S. dollar continues to fall, although that slide has slowed somewhat, just as the rise in U.S. equities has also ground to a halt. So where does the money go now? Well, Warren Buffett's taking some of it off to a post-Abe Japan. Confusing times? It's Tuesday, the 1st of September, 2020. It's the Morning Call from NAB. Good morning. Well, the US dollar is down again. Not by much, though, today. It's uh, more or less flat, really, but it's half a percent up against the Japanese yen and down half a percent on the Canadian dollar. The Aussie dollar is up 0.2%. It hit 74 US cents earlier for the first time in two years. The euro up a quarter percent. The pound is up just a little bit this morning. US equities are mixed. The Nasdaq is up 0.9%, but the Dow is down 0.7%. Whilst in Europe, the direction is firmly down, 1.3% for the euro stocks, 50 down at close and 0.6% down for the FTSE 100. Treasury yields have settled down a bit. Just one basis point down for 10 years, two points down for 30 years. So that steepening has eased a bit. WTI crude down 0.8%. Comics gold is flat. So, you know, not the most exciting session overnight. But we have Rodrigo Cotrill here to add some pizzazz to the proceedings. He is senior FX strategist at NAV in Sydney. So, look, I mean, shares would have been pretty much heading south if it wasn't we saw a 4% or so rise in Apple and even though it shouldn't make any difference, they did this four-to-one share split. I mean, it shouldn't change the value of the company, but but it does. And the same thing happened with Tesla. Everyone should try it. Uh, but other than that, I mean, the rest of the market's enthusiasm, it looks like it's been dampened somewhat I think part of it is uh, yesterday's TikTok news, it seems. Because when uh, Mac- we look at Microsoft, that's down 1.2% today. So that's obviously uh, part of the reason why we've, we've seen this stall in equities, apart from the fact that obviously they just can't go on forever anyway. Uh, morning, Phil. Yes, th-
1: th- there's a bit of a combination of, of things going on. I suppose that the first one to note is that it is month-end. Uh, and this month, uh, when you look at the performance of equities, as a mm. whole, has been a pretty solid month. Um, so sometimes you see a bit of a correction in that regard. I mean, um, I was just looking at the performance of the Nasdaq up 10%, the S&P 500 up 7.31%. So the huge gains for the month. Um, and typically you see a little bit of rebalancing occurring, particularly when you see these big gains overall. So this, probably there's a little bit of that going on in terms of the performance for the day. Um, I, as you say, there's also that sort of quirkiness about the Apple and Tesla, um, which is, um, Place a big factor, for instance, in the DAO where, you know, price uh, weighting is is a factor there, which is one of the criticisms of the DAO. Um, and there's a little bit of a sort of reassessment about all what this TikTok business means because um, um, it does potentially mean that, uh, you know, Microsoft will not be able to to buy them. Um, and it's quite a big challenge for, for both, for China and for the US in the sense that, TikTok could stand to lose a, a big portion of its business without being able to sell it, uh, assuming that President Trump will still go ahead with the banning of TikTok. So um, there's a little bit of a big question mark there in terms of, you know, the the further ramifications into this sort of technological war, if you like, or at least unmentioned in terms of the tensions between the US and China, mm. uh,
0: which is not going away. Well, it might uh, go away on the, uh, the 3rd of uh, November. We'll see, won't we, depending on what the result is on that day. Look, Richard Clarida has been talking about the Fed's new approach, uh, he seemed to be saying that you know, look, the un- unemployment rate isn't too important to to us anymore. The Phillips curve has lost his, its predictive power. Is that the case? Do you think is that is the is the Phillips curve dead?
1: Yeah, to some extent. I mean, I think that uh, you know, there, there's a
0: sense of without
1: the Phillips curve being dead, it's more like it's the flatness of the Phillips curve. And then what they I think the important message coming from the Fed is that what they've said is that we kind of learned what happened the last time we thought you know nairo was you know just below that 4% around 3 and and yet we never we never had that big inflation boost but but it's pretty fair to say that unlike many other countries like including australia uh, when their employment fell uh, as much as it did in, in in the us we did start seeing a rise in wages um now it, it was very slow compared to previous cycles but they were still there um, so so, what they 're saying now is that we are willing to be more patient in that regard we 're not going to preempt the this rise in inflation because we 're close to narrow we threw narrow we actually want to see it so so uh, that's that 's the, the the important implication this time around so we we should expect, you know, uh, improvements in the labor market over the next couple of years. Um, but the, the Fed is not going to move until we see a material rise in, in, in wage inflation and uh, increasing wages. And if you remember in the past, we were talking about this 3% level that we're going to see that 3% um, on a sustained basis uh, for, for the Fed to, to react to, to, to the increase in wages. And at the moment... That means that there's a bit the bar, the bar is bigger, but it hasn't gone away. So, in other words, the
0: Phillips curve is still or there. Taller, just add say. two years, unless something happens in the in the two years to to change it, perhaps, which. Uh makes it all a bit more complicated doesn't it but i mean yeah you're gonna be more patient for it (laughs) that's right i'm not patient uh but uh, i don't think anyone else is either so meanwhile that means of course the u.s dollar continues to decline it has slowed a little bit but i mean is it going to continue i mean uh, and the consequences of that i mean obviously it makes u.s exports more expensive which donald trump's not going to like very much is going to increase the cost of debt for those countries that have have borrowed in u.s dollars so uh they're not going to be very happy uh but it could be good for for the aussie dollars speculation works except of course you know it depends on whether you want a a strong aussie dollar or not but the speculation that by the end of next year the aussie could hit 80 cents i mean that assumes that slide continues we're a long way off it now i mean it's hard to believe it was below 58 us cents in march from 58 to 80 seems a long way to go in a year and a half doesn't
1: it yes i mean if anything that that's also been or it is our narrative we expect the aussie dollar or rather the Aussie dollar has already embarked on, on a rising trend and, and it's largely reflecting sort of this broad cyclical downturn that respect the US dollar to endure over the coming years um, and um, um, the potential of CM78 cent or, or rather 80 cents is is quite real And uh, for, for next year we think that uh, we might see 80 cents next year but not on a sustained basis uh, we think that uh, 80 cents on a sustained basis is story for 2022 uh, but nevertheless uh, markets can kind of overshoot and, and, and in that sense uh, you know it's certainly a possibility next year
0: so Warren Buffett is uh, looking overseas Bloomberg today is reporting that Berkshire Hathaway is investing $6 billion in trading companies in in Japan. I'm not sure whether that means uh, he's uh, not particularly enthusiastic about the the opportunity in the United States or he thinks uh, uh, Shinzo Abe's successor is going to turn Japan around. Which one is it? <laughs> well,
1: I'm, I'm not quite sure he knew about Shinzo Abe's uh, resignation when when he made that decision because uh, you've got to remember that uh, the, the reason why this is happening is because he's gone over that 5% and he has to report it, and, and uh, this has kind of been going on for quite some time. Mm. Uh, but, but I think that the major takeaway there that the market seems to be sort of chewing on is that um, it does kind of show that, um, uh, you know, Warren Buffett is now looking at opportunities outside of the U.S., um, and that is kind of consistent with the, the idea that are there, you know, there's not a lot of opportunities in the US, which is one of the big questions the market is pondering. And the other one is whether, you know, it's, it's come to a point that mm. uh, maybe there's, there's an opportunity here for, for Japan, which is kind of been always put as a, a less, um, attractive option for, for investors when you, when you look at the equity market. So it's, it's kind of a departure, if you like. Is it, is it just a unique opportunity or will he be looking at more? That's the big question. Um, Mm. that we, many are looking at for for the coming months.
0: Now, the big number today is probably the uh, the ISM manufacturing number for August for, the, for for the United States. That's actually early early tomorrow morning uh, Aussie time. It's been a, a fairly respectable 54.2 last time, 50 point, uh, 52.6 the, the month before. So quite a bounce back. It's interesting, isn't it, that we're seeing these, these strong numbers out of the United States. That yet, if you look at those COVID-19 cases, uh, the number of cases in the United States has definitely stalled. Similarly, the death rate is is only slowing down very slowly. And, in fact, the University of Washington, they've got a projection that the fatalities in the United States is going to reach 317,000 by December the 1st, which is 70% more than now. And that's the, their, their midway prediction. And, look, if you look at the, the deaths yesterday, 370 for the United States. But you look in Europe, the UK, 1, Germany, 1, France, 4, Canada, 4, I mean, they don't have it under control in the United States, even though we talk about it going down. And yet, you know, we're expecting the ISM manufacturing number is going to be pretty good, even though, you know, in Europe, it's not so good.
1: Yes, uh, so so there's there's a few dynamics that you mentioned there. I think one of the one of the big ones that uh, the, the market is looking at is that, as much as we've seen a rise in infections in Europe, those death rates have not followed, and and they've kind of they remain very low, um, and so that's when question markers are saying, well, what is it that is happening there? Uh, is it like more young people getting the infection and therefore the death rates are lower, or is it a combination of, of better management, that the healthcare system is actually becoming more efficient in terms of managing the, the, the pandemic? Um in the US the numbers are not quite the same. Um but I, I think that what the market is sort of focusing on that is that uh the, still the, the, the
0: rate of infection is the leading indicator and that no, one that's is declining. Fine. We've been saying that for weeks. And that is not what's happening. 370 for the United States as I say one in the UK one in Germany yes. four in France it's not coming down in the United It States.
1: isn't but I think the market is still assuming that they will um, and um, um, we're talking big numbers there and eventually the, the hope still
0: that they will come down and um, But it Mm. remains to be seen, as you say. It'll come down about as quickly as the uh, Phillips curve is responsive, I think. So uh, what about those ISM numbers, uh, the manufacturing numbers out of the U.S.? What are we expecting? Well,
1: it's an interesting one. So from a market perspective, the the market is is still expecting a small improvement to 54.7 from 54.2. But when you look at the regional uh, surveys that we've got, uh, they've been quite mixed. Um, So um, I think that there's a risk there that it may not be as good as we expect. Um, And as you say, we also got to remember that this, again, is a... It's a dispersion index. So it's telling us that uh, things are going to be a little bit better than the previous month. Uh, but in terms of where we've been, we're still sort of a, a, a long way from from where we need to be compared to pre-COVID-19 levels. Um, the other factor that is being one factor in terms of the, the improvement in activity in the U.S. is that the auto car industry essentially came to a standstill uh, and now is regaining that sort of uh, increasing productivity. And that's been one big factor for for supporting the, the indices, so um, it, it will be important to see not only how um, where where those numbers are coming from in terms of which which sectors uh, and also. Um, um, you know, we need to see a broadening of this improvement in in those regional services as well to to regain confidence that that the, the US economy is starting to come out of sort of the, the, the worst in terms yeah. of the the, the, the yeah, pandemic. Absolutely.
0: Now, look, the RBA is meeting today. Of course, one thing we we do know is they're not going to put interest rates up for quite some time. Uh, but will they do anything? In fact, I mean, they're, they're saying they're not going to entertain negative interest rates, so they're going to sit on their hands today, presumably.
1: Yeah. So no, not much is expected in that regard. I think that uh, maybe the the message that will be reiterated is that the the RBA is still willing and able to do more if needed. Um, So uh, we need to see whether... Um, by the end of the year, the, the projections that the RBA had in terms of the economic outlook, particularly given the, the impact that we've seen on the lockdowns in in Victoria and Melbourne, uh, whether that changes uh, the the outlook uh, into sort of the worst case scenario instead of the sort of the central scenario that we have at the moment, and if that's the case, that the RBA will be willing to do more. The other thing as well that the RBA has been saying is that to some extent, really the, the most important uh, support that the economy can have at this stage is the fiscal side but as and when we see recovery or you know uh, the broadening of the recovery of the economy then that's when monetary policy can become more effective and in that case they could be willing to do more at that stage Mm -hmm. as well so Um, There's a lot of sort of ifs and and scenarios that are playing at the moment. uh, But for now, we don't expect any changes. We've also
0: got the Cajun PMI for uh, manufacturing in China today. We get the unemployment numbers and CPI for Europe. Uh, Of course, we know from yesterday that inflation was actually deflation for Germany, Italy and Spain. Uh, So I'm sure it's going to be a similar story across Europe. But uh, we'll leave it there for now. Uh, Good to talk, Rodrigo. Catch you next time. Thanks, Phil. Chat soon. And there we are. Tuesday morning on The Morning Call. I'm Phil Dobby for NAB. Back again tomorrow morning. Have yourself a great day.